Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that solves your freelance problems one at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Pratt, and I'm owner of Dive Deeper Development, a personal development, training and coaching business. And I'm your other co-host, Katie Carlisle, and I'm a freelance Squarespace web designer and trainer. And today we're going to talk about the issue of business breakups. Uh, Okay, so it's not you, Katie, it's me. So yes, in this episode, (laughs) we're going to cover the topic of breaking up gently. And you may have started by skipping through the fields together, hand in hand, singing I'd like to teach the world to sing. But what happens if it all stops being rosy? That's what we're going to talk about here. Our last episode, we talked about rejection. So this was perhaps you being rejected by a business. But now we're going to talk about what happens when you're the one doing the rejecting perhaps so first of all Katie I mean why is this important for freelancers to to be able to do well well I think just like in personal relationships there's you know ebbs and flows in a business relationship and what worked for you at one point in time might not always be right for you in the long term but I feel like we're less willing to give up on business relationships that don't work than we are on personal relationships that don't work and I think the thought of ending it could be really scary, especially if you've got some financial security because of the relationship. But we're gonna look at some kind of um, ideas around when it might be for the best to break up and maybe some signs even actually that a breakup isn't what's needed and what to look at instead. And we're also gonna look at how you can handle the breakup well. So we're not gonna be in court opposite each other with our acrimonious divorce proceedings in this version of the yeah. breakup hopefully <laughs> absolutely katie i think like you say it's like like a like a romantic relationship sometimes you just grow in different directions we don't stay the same the business world doesn't stay the same and your client's not going to stay the same either so sometimes these things do happen let's just say you don't want to be legally in court or metaphorically either so Katie, I mean, what are some of the signs? We're talking about business breaks up and you mentioned that people sometimes hang on in there a little bit too long. What are some of the things you think we should look look out for? I think one of the main signs is if every time you think about that project, it fills you with dread. That's, that's probably a sign that it's not really working super well for you. I had a great term the other day uh, in a newsletter which referred to the Sunday scaries, which is that, that kind of... The, the, if you've had it, you'll know it. That feeling of dread on a Sunday night when you kind of got the weight of the world of the working week coming up and you know if you've you know got that business or that client that you're going to have to be interacting with, it just fills you with dread and kind of ruins your Sunday evening a little bit because you're not looking forward to starting back at work on Monday. So that's, that's one sign. And I think it goes hand in hand with if you regularly put off working on that project, that's probably another sign as well that it's not the thing that is actually kind of yielding the most value for you or your business. Yeah, procrastination can be a good sign, can't it? Mm. I think for me, Katie, is when it is sucking the joy out of you a little bit, you know, work, you know, work should be hard uh, in some times and you should have to put effort into it if it's something worth doing. But if it's starting to feel stressful or it's starting to feel draining, like it's just sucking the joy out of your of your life if that's not a temporary thing anymore or if that's become an ongoing feature or you find yourself constantly whinging to other freelancers or your families Ooh, and friends, yeah that's a good one you, you know that's it might be a sign that that is something maybe you should be telling the client first and not everyone in your social circle so i think for me Katie, i i think values is another one 
I, I genuinely want to enjoy the work and I think I've got to believe that it's got some good standards and that the worth is worth doing and that they're going about it in the right way. And I know some of those are quite personal to me, but if they're important to me, I think it's important that my clients fit that bill and that the work does too. And I'm probably not going to stay very long with something if it, if it doesn't at the, in the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in episode 75, I think it was one of our recent ones, we talked about integrity and working within your values. And actually, if you've established your business values and then your client either is changing the way that they work so their values don't align with yours or they're expecting you to change your business values then that's probably not okay and it means that you're not going to be working with integrity which is going to then have that kind of icky feeling to it so that I think that values is definitely one to look out for and that's why it helps to know your values because then you can identify why it feels wrong yeah and I, I think sometimes as well okay I mean we talked about values I think there's also some practical stuff isn't there because we've talked about protecting your value in the past and sometimes you agree something up front and I suppose the word I've used in the past is you know scope creep I think we're all quite familiar with that I've, I've been yeah. offered work before where they've said a certain amount of work for a certain fee then they add in other tasks or they want you to take extra responsibility or they change the fee structure and you're like this isn't what we agreed yeah is that is that could, could you just could, could could, could you just do yeah, could this? You just, could you just do that? We had an episode <laughs> called Could You Just as well, exactly. Yeah, we do. Is. Yeah, <laughs> that's episode 39. If you want to go back and listen to that, that's all about dealing with scope creep and those, those could you just requests. Any others from you, Katie? I, I think there's a, probably, as I say, some of these practical ones. I mean, even if you're very good at scoping a project out up front and you get that information from the client, it can still go wrong, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. And if it gets to the point where both parties feel like they're not getting a good deal then I think that's another potential one where the client's starting to get frustrated because they're asking for all these extra stuff all this extra stuff to be done and you don't have the capacity to do it because you only blocked out time for what you agreed then you're feeling like hard done by because they're asking you to do more than you agreed the client's feeling hard done by because they're asking for stuff and it's not getting done and so actually no one feels like they're getting a good deal out of it whereas a really good business relationship is where both people feel like yeah this is great you know you feel like you're being compensated for work that's enjoyable and engaging the client feels like they're getting good value for money and a great result and deliver you know the project being delivered in the way that they want so it's almost the opposite of that is then probably a bit of a sign as well I would say you've mentioned pay, you mentioned pay there Katie and I think that's one I either that you're not getting paid enough and I think a good tip to avoid this is generally try not to even if you're desperate try not to take on work that doesn't pay enough because you will resent it over time if deep down you know it doesn't meet your value but sometimes either as you say they either take away the rates of pay or they add in extra work which they don't want to pay you for or they want to change the complexity or the resources required and that's just and you know you look at it and financially thinking it doesn't stack up and you might think oh I'll just help them out but at the end of the day you can't run your business like that particularly if that extra time they want presents an opportunity cost when you could be spending that time earning money from other clients as well so there is a bit of pragmatism around it as well I think yeah I think there's always a risk as well especially if you take on a kind of low paying project at the way you're when you're first starting out or when you're in a time when you're kind of like feeling a bit financially vulnerable and you're just kind of like ah, oh, okay yeah I'll take it because I'm scared that nothing else is going to come along but if that's an ongoing project you're then trapped at that lower paying rate and then it almost becomes this kind of legacy project that you've still you're doing the amount of work that you could probably charge double for 
but you're only paying that because that's the rate you agreed. So I think that's a risk. And the legacy project thing I think applies as well. If it's something you took on when your business was, you know, kind of focusing on one area, but then maybe you change direction and you're focusing on something else, but you've got that kind of hanging on client almost where you you sort of don't want to upset them or kick them out because they're still giving you money and they're not even particularly a problem to work with. But if if it's meaning that you're having to work on something that doesn't align with your new business goals and direction, that might be another reason as yeah. well. And, and do you know what, Katie, what I've just thought of is for me, if if you're being asked to do something which you think isn't working or think isn't effective, and I don't mean it's not how you think something should be done. I mean, if you actually tangibly, realistically think this isn't going to solve the problem, this actually isn't having any result, sometimes get asked to... Uh, reduce the content of sessions or to amalgamate sessions and client thinks they're getting more value for money but I know what they're really doing is compromising both parts and it won't deliver a result and then I'm taking money for work that will not deliver what is supposedly being promised and in those situations I do tend to, to to try and step away because one I don't want to sell them short by doing something that won't work but also there's a reputational risk because although the client go oh could you just could you just you get further down the line and it hasn't worked and they turn and go well that thing that you did wasn't very good and I'm thinking yeah you don't really want to be associated (laughs) with that and I don't want to take money for something which I know is not going to do the job either so I think that might be a good sign that it's best to speak up I think yeah definitely and then I think the final kind of couple to mention would be if you feel like the interactions that you're having are just becoming more and more frustrating again it's that sort of echo of a personal relationship that's really kind of getting to the end of its life and the things that you used to love about someone start to frustrate you and if if you're finding that with your clients or or you know when you're interacting with with another business then that could be a sign and i think the other thing is actually if it seemed like a really amazing project on paper that promised the world and seemed a perfect fit for you, but the reality is very different, then you are absolutely entitled to walk away at that point because you know, you don't want to just kind of keep at it because in theory it was an amazing project. I mean, I've had that not while I was freelancing, but when I was working, I kind of left a previous job, took a couple of weeks off and was like, right, before I, you know, before I start even looking at any other jobs, I'm gonna just really sit and do some thinking around what I want. And I kind of came up with what my perfect job was. And then I literally found it. Like it was just this amazing job. And I was just like so excited about it. And I started and it was everything I'd wanted. It's just turns out when I did it, I didn't want it. And I stuck at it in, in that way for, for longer than I should have, because I was like, no, but this is meant to be my perfect job. And, and so even if actually it does deliver everything it promised, if that still doesn't work for you, you don't have to keep doing it. So I think that's that's probably the, the final thing that I'd mention. Um, anything else from you, Michelle? No, not in terms of when to, to leave. I think as freelancers, we probably know when we should leave. Like like I say, we got that niggling feeling and sometimes we do go through blips at work in, with stakeholder relationships or with clients or with projects and we go for little bumpy patches. But if I say, you know, just listen to yourself if that's become the norm and it's, it's draining you, don't do it. But then the other thing yeah. I think to point out here, Katie, as well, is that don't be too quick to walk away either because sometimes we see freelancers on forums or message boards and they go that's it I'm just going to sack the client well that's it I'm fed up I'm just going to walk away and you or I are going well hang on a second you know I think this can be solved maybe there's a little bit of communication and I suppose that's if you think about Katie how do you know when to stay because we do have those little bumps in the road sometimes but that doesn't always mean you should quit 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you have a good personal relationship with your main contact or contacts that you deal with in the other business, and there's just something about the work that's the problem, then you may be able to actually change that work or change the way of working or address it, especially if you have that good personal relationship. Like I've done that with clients before. I've kind of, we've, we've kind of got to a bit of an, it felt like an impasse, but we, we both wanted to make it work. And so we just kind of then took a step back and go, hey, what, what is the issue here? What's the problem? And I, I was kind of going, okay, well, actually, it's the way that we're working that's the problem. You know, you're kind of expecting too much from me in terms of how often I check in with you and how much I update you. I want to ju- actually just be left alone to do the work and deliver it without you kind of constantly like expecting an update, like, like literally every day. And they were like, okay, well, we just want to feel like it's kind of progressing because we've been let down in the past. And and so in the end, we just worked out a schedule that worked for both of us and it just made it so much better. I think I think that but that, that personal relationship, Kate, as well, I, I think is is really important. And I do know people who sometimes take on bits of work that they otherwise wouldn't have done for someone else. I take on bits of work I probably wouldn't do if it was anybody else. But I want to help the person. Uh, and in the short term, if it is just a little minor thing, it is worth doing. Um, or if you can't do it, and I've had to say no to people before, I've just said, look, I love you. It's not, it's not how I feel about you. you. You you were great. I love working with you. It's just this thing. That's not something I really feel yeah. I can deliver. It, it really <laughs> isn't you. It really is me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I think on the flip side of the previous point with the kind of good personal relationship but bad work, if you love the work but you can't stand the person that you're having to interact with, then again, you don't have to throw all your toys out of the pram straight away necessarily. You know, you may be able to get another point of contact. You may be able to identify what's problematic about that relationship and, and mend it. Or if you hang in there, if they're a bit crap, they might just leave. So don't don't keep at it if it's making you completely miserable for all time. But is there maybe a way, if you really do love the work of minimising your interactions with that person or interacting with them in a different way, rather than kind of going, right, I'm leaving. Um, so these are all just kind of reasons why you might stay, not that you have to stay in these instances, obviously. No, and I've done that before, Katie, as well. Like I you know, said to someone, that, oh, I can't decide. Well, I need to run it by my manager. And in the end, I've just gone, well, look, can I speak to your manager or should your manager be involved in these conversations? Like, let's work together. And, and if you sense there's someone else there that, that might be able to help it. That said, you shouldn't have to say where it's where it's a toxic uh, relationship. And obviously, Katie, if, if you're contractually obliged, then of course you probably will have to stick it out for a little bit as as well. Yeah, as or one. at the very least seek some legal advice to kind of determine your position. Because if, again, not a legal expert, but if the work that you're, this will be more applied to the first point than the second, but if the work that you're being asked to do isn't actually the work that you signed on to, you may be able to break that contract if they aren't delivering at their end. But yeah, get legal advice about that. I think another reason to stay would be if leaving would put you in immediate financial difficulty. So yes, it might be really tempting if you're having a really terrible time of it to just kind of leave. But if that means you can't pay the bills that month, then instead I would say formulate a plan to leave and start looking at other ways that you can get that money. But don't put yourself in kind of financial difficulty even if it ticks many of the boxes, um, unless you think 
you've got a bit of a buffer or you, you know there's another opportunity coming up or something else yeah i think that's a that's a, a good idea as as well as well katie i think i think we're saying you know don't don't hang around if it's not right but at the same time yeah. we are pragmatic and especially when you're first starting out you probably will have to take stuff that's less than ideal yeah yeah and actually if it's a boring job but it's easy and it's good pay and you get on well enough with the people and you have other work that can give you that kind of creative engagement and kind of stimulation elsewhere then again like i've got a couple of boring projects that i just keep you know they're they're there i've got like kind of you know retainer work i don't have much retainer work but i've got the odd one where i do do boring stuff that i wouldn't do for other people because i've got that good personal relationship and it's it's kind of relatively easy money and it just it works to have it there on the back burner because i have other projects that fulfill other of my needs so i don't mind it it's and it's, and for that maybe you know if you think that might drain you after a while you can always set a deadline so you'll say like in mm. six months if i'm still doing it or eight months and they say you can always make a plan but some, sometimes yeah you do have work i suppose i call that bread and butter work you know um, yeah. and, and you can make it a low priority i've got some work of that nature there's some people who i don't work with very often when i do work with them it's lucrative it's not the best but I just, I don't work with them that often. So a little bit of that isn't isn't so bad, yeah. And I think we have slightly been fed this thing of like, you know, if, if you're creating a life you love and you're going freelance and you have to love, you know, you have to just love everything you do and it fill you with passion and joy. And it's like, yeah, I do love most of what I do, but some of it's really fucking boring. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, like I, I, there's so I'm much just... to freelance life that isn't glamorous and exciting. But it's about the trade-off. It's like, I don't mind doing some of that to get all the good stuff, but we don't, you know, you don't have to be like doing a song and dance about literally everything you're doing with your work, I don't think. No, and I don't think as myself as a money-orientated person, but sometimes people are like, will you do this this thing for this money? And you're like, how much? Uh, okay, yeah, it's a one-off, I can yeah. do it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm gonna exactly. go on holiday, so yeah, sure. Sure, I'll happily do it. Yeah, exactly, that's the other thing, is that, yeah, what, what if, if there is something you're having to give up to do this have this relationship is there a way you can get it back either either yeah is it does it save you time does it give you more money does it give you opportunity or access to contacts or opportunities and just make sure you're cashing in on them so that you're making the most out of that relationship definitely so michelle let's move on then to look at actually how you can have a good business breakup because it is very much possible yeah, I think the first thing for me, Kate, is just to just to be honest. And I found you can be really open with people. And actually, a lot of the people I work with are also business owners. So you can be really frank with people and just say, look, um, even if the work hasn't changed, maybe your circumstances, you can change and say, look, I'm going to, for, for, for personal reasons, for business reasons, I'm changing the way I work. And this, no, this is no longer viable for me. And I think sometimes it's like the Wizard of Oz curtain, you know, like you can't tell people about <laughs> yeah. the scenes, but you can because they know you're a business. You can say, look, I'm, you know, the way things are coming in now, I'm going to have to make changes. And I just say that, you know, the, the availability you want isn't viable or the amount of time or effort this is taking for the money is not viable or the, you know, the market has changed and the prices are no longer viable. And I think you can do that in a really respectful way. And I think it's better to be honest. I, I would also say, don't lie. So if someone yeah. asks, asks you to take on a project, 
you could say, oh, I'm busy. But if they see you working with another client and that wasn't booked in, or they see you at your picture on your holiday or like you're having a jolly, you're like, hey, I'm having a great day off this week. And uh, that was the date that you told them you were busy. You're going to look really bad. Or if you tell them it's like, oh, I haven't got time, they might come back to you with the same thing six weeks later and then you'll have to make a lap a lie again. So just, just be honest. And I think it's not nice having to do it, but I do think you are thanked for your honesty. And sometimes I've said to people, look, I, I, I just don't think this will work. Maybe you have someone who can make that work, but I don't feel this is my area of expertise or I don't feel comfortable. And I just want to be honest and say that I don't think I'm best placed to do this. And they, they come back and say, thank you for being quick and thank you for being honest. And mm. I would say be honest early as well. So if you've got concerns, give your feedback constructively early at the first signs. And then if you get further down the line and the wheels come off, then it's not a surprise to anyone. You're not suddenly hitting them with this this story or this truth. They should see it coming down the line. And I think that's fair in business to give people a chance to remedy things that aren't aren't going well. Yeah, I've definitely made that mistake of kind of trying to like be polite by going, oh no, I just don't have the capacity to take on this project at the moment when I really meant I don't want to do this work. And then the person's been like, oh, that's okay, I'll wait. I really want to work with you. And then I've been like, <laughs> again, the next level player is like, oh, I'm just not sure that it's a good fit. Like, oh, well, what is it about the project that's not a good fit? So in the end, you just have to be really firm sometimes, especially if there's like, honestly, this guy was a proper weirdo. I was just like, I'm not willing to take on this project thank you, goodbye, kind of thing. And you have to be quite firm sometimes with people. And I think, that, yeah, I mean, one one way to not have to end a business relationship is to be really clear and kind of get in the same place before you even start. Then you don't have all the messy divorce and breaking up and everything else at the end. But I think, like you, you were saying, Michelle, just that honesty. I think communication is so important. And we talk about this from most episodes, I think. We're big fans of actually kind of being open and actually having real conversations with someone if possible rather than just like text or email actually yeah, get definitely. you know on a, on a call or a zoom call or a chat or something I think definitely don't ghost or hide from somebody unless you know unless it's something where again it's really toxic and their interactions with you are problematic in which case just step away but if you know if it's just that it's uncomfortable for you then don't just ghost them I think actually you know give them enough respect to have that conversation and, and communicate and actually kind of be honest like you say share what the issue is and I found that most of the time if I haven't been feeling like the project's working out they haven't been feeling like it either yeah. and they're really grateful that you've been brave enough to make to actually raise that because it saves them from having to do it and be awkward because really no one likes to kind of put an end to these things no and also it can help your client because some of my clients I work b2b quite a lot and some of their external clients are the problem and so sometimes when you raise the issue it lets them go back so I was asked to do something and again you said you know communicate person to person and I got something on email and it made me so angry so I started typing an email back and I went mm, there's some nuance here that is not going to come over I'll pick up the phone and by the time I, I stewed over it and picked up the phone the other person was in a, a flat and she was like oh god Michelle I know it's terrible they've asked us for this it's a nightmare blah, 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 blah. and so she was she was there so she was always justifying herself but me going back to her help her go back to her client and explain why it wasn't a good idea so I was really like gearing up for battle but then I realized I'll give some brutally honest feedback and it turned out they were already new they were already on the same page and actually me speaking up just confirm what they thought it validated how they felt I could give them a bit of TLC because they were feeling stressed and they had feedback they could go back to their client and say look our people aren't happy so please can we fix this and it did it resolved yeah. everything at the end 
And actually, if you have those frustrations, which you might do if you're in a project situation that isn't working out, then, you know, maybe write the angry email, but don't send it. Or find somebody that you can vent to just to get it out. And actually, just by doing that, it often helps you to reflect anyway. Like I've done that before. I've written an angry email, but saved it to my drafts. And then I read it through and I can actually like almost hear the problems. Like I can, and and it kind of, it always makes you go, oh, okay. So I can actually see what I want from this now. So then I can actually turn it into something constructive. And you've sent it to us in WhatsApp as well, haven't you? You've sent us a WhatsApp and you've said, oh, here, I'm just about to send this to a client. What do you guys think? And we've gone, "Mm, maybe tone that bit down a little bit. Talk me off the ledge, please. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And that's it. Just if you've got somebody that you trust that you can share it with, then they can kind of be like, "Uh," (laughs) you might want to tone that down a little bit. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, like you say, just actually have that conversation because it's much easier to then address points one by one rather than kind of in a list and actually yeah you know there's that thing of there's no tone in email there is by the way it's inferred if it's not implied anyway isn't it yeah but it can be misinterpreted i think instead arrange to have a real conversation but i'd say it's a good idea to know what your ideal outcome is before you get on that conversation so if that means you do need a bit of time to do some reflection beforehand then do take that time even if they're wanting you to get on the phone right now you know sometimes you get that message call me now please you know (laughs) nothing else just call me now please it's okay for you to push back and say actually you know I'd like to be able to talk about this I you know need some time to do whatever or just you know I'm not available right now speak to you later whatever but if you need time to reflect on what you want actually to get out of the relationship or what you want to happen ask for it yeah because sometimes Katie we can go to clients for whinges um, but the whinging doesn't help like you say you need to know what you want from them to, to be different and mm. also it is always good to go with a solution to put on the table like say yeah. the, the relationship may break up but at least you've tried and I think you know empathy is really important so I've had an ending in a business relationship but I was really empathetic to what they wanted so I thought they were taking the mick which they were a bit they wanted to be more work for less favorable pay with more hassle and they wanted you know instant availability and this has kind of crept in and I, and I just said look I completely understand your position I understand you your clients are placing demands on you I understand your business model requires that you can turn things around quickly and I understand you have it was public sector so I understand that you've got responsibility on cost however this new way of working doesn't work for me and I think if you if you verbalize first you know their position or show that you get the pressures they're under then they understand that you're not attacking them or you're not trying to let them down. It's just that it, you, you want to help, but it just can't. And even if they've been mean to you, I would say leave egos intact. Let both parties walk away with saving some face because you never know when someone's going to crop up. One, it feels, well, actually, no, don't just do it because they're, cynically they might pop up somewhere else. Do it because it feels good for you. It, it Like even if you're angry that you feel that they've really wronged you, that anger doesn't help and it feels horrible and it's quite consuming. So, you know, try and put yourself in their shoes because you'll feel better, but also you will preserve the relationship and people talk and it's a small world and you never know, they might go to another organization where they're in more favorable circumstances. So even if you break up with them here, yeah. you might work together in future. So always keep 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 the relationship in a good place and be empathetic to what they're going through. Yeah, and I think it feels nice to know that you've taken the kind of high road and, it, you know, it, it, you know then that you can deal with situations like that without it all imploding as well and I think like you were saying about the empathy I totally agree like it's so important and I think just actually 
acknowledging what isn't working and also what was working like you know again if you think about like a personal breakup sometimes it's that thing of like oh you know we were so good weren't we but we're not now it's that acknowledge what was good and the fact that you did have some good times and remind them of that but also accept responsibility for your role in anything that hasn't worked out or just you know acknowledge the the situation and the differences that you're at i mean we've got at the moment through with the software product that i run with my partner we've got a customer who is a bit of an influencer and you know she's been a brilliant customer to have she's got us access to certain people that have that's been really really helpful she's been brilliant the product looks fantastic on her site and everything it's a great person to have as a list of customers but we took on that work when we were sort of not right at the beginning of our journey but fairly early on in the business and they were fairly on early on in the kind of stages of developing that arm of their business as well and it's really taken off to the point where now they're they're needing features and coming to us and saying oh can you do this can you do this and we're like we're an off-the-shelf product you know we we can't just be doing features for one person but we had been to an extent because of the opportunities that it was bringing but actually Roland had a call with them recently and just sort of said look I think you're getting frustrated because you're wanting all these new features and we just you know we're not we're not a bespoke product we have been doing some changes for you because we really appreciate your business but I think maybe it's time for you to look at some custom development and get something made that is bespoke to you and actually kind of just having that really nice and she was like yeah I really appreciate you kind of saying that and that there's no hard feelings if we leave you and well no we, we see it as a testament to our software that it's helped you to grow to the point where you can then justify creating a custom version for yourself yeah and I like the fact that you've you kind of almost you know suggested a solution for what to do after you and I think that's a great way to leave it Katie leave yeah. it leave the person feeling good you mentioned mentioned some of the successes or the high point in the relationship I definitely think it's worth telling them what you value about them and highlighting what you've achieved together and what you know tell them what you've enjoyed but yeah if if you do have to break up don't leave them hanging so if there is things there are things you're committed to make sure you see them through don't leave them in in a rut even if technically you can walk away I wouldn't want to leave a customer hanging even if they were mean or, or whatever I still wouldn't leave them be for my own professional standards and yeah give them some, something to hang on to so if you're not the right person maybe can you recommend someone who is or like you say if you know there is a different type of surface out there because sometimes people don't know like you talked about custom maybe that person never even thought about a custom build and or yeah. maybe mentally they think that maybe they're still thinking they're too small for custom build and they don't appreciate just yeah. how much they've grown and like no no you're in the the custom phase now you're, you're you know off the shelf isn't going to work for you and that can be a real selling point and people do appreciate that as well i think yeah and i totally agree with what you were saying about the you know seeing it through so if you have made a commitment then actually making a plan as to how you're going to phase yourself out and either hand over to somebody else or make it so that you're not needed anymore maybe there's something you can do to automate or train the client like i've done that before where i've kind of gone like i actually don't think you need me i think you would be able to manage this yourself here's some training videos if you need a little bit of help every so often come back to me but i don't think you need me as much as you think you do and actually kind of helping them to become less dependent on you 
I, I love that idea of an extraction plan. And yeah, I've trained my replacement before. It's like, I can't, I, I don't think I'm the right person to do the training for you. And it's like, well, we need to get somebody else. I went, yeah, great. Somebody else sounds good. But um, I'm happy. And then, well, would you, would you mind if they, they join your sessions and you train them? I'm like, no. So I literally trained my replacement, which I was fine with. I think the replacement thought it was weird. And she's like, <laughs> I'm going to be doing this from now on. I'm like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and, and I'm happy to train you. So I did. And I think, if you, again, you, you, you say that extraction plan, how you can gracefully exit I think that's something we're yeah. considering and also even before you get to that extraction plan if you've got an idea where you you know want to suggest an alternative or you want to ask for something more before you end that relationship then think about that beforehand you know if you're kind of going right okay I'm going to ask for x or suggest y and if that doesn't happen I'm willing to walk away but if that does happen then I'm happy to stay so maybe yeah that's more money or a better relationship or like can you outsource part of it so like I use a virtual assistant for certain things and sometimes if it's you know work that I don't want to do or a client I don't especially want to interact with I'm like oh use my virtual assistant she'll help you with it and so there might be ways that you can actually take away the parts of the work that are not working for you but while still keeping the the business but be, be honest about that again because katie we know freelancers don't we that have said oh i don't like this work i'm going to charge the danger money the bouncer reject it and the client's gone yeah sure i'll pay you and they're like oh no yeah. i've still got to do the work <laughs> yeah and the danger money is never enough no and it's like you didn't really need the money because you're super busy it was the the client that was the issue for you so <laughs> yeah. kind of maybe you got to tell them just tell them no yeah I think how you would like to be treated, I think, is another one, Katie. I mean, if it were me and the client were not happy with, with my services or, I, you know, I would, I would one, want feedback. I'd like the opportunity to know in the moment so I had the chance to put it right. If they really weren't happy, I'd, I'd rather they told me sooner rather than later. And that, we talked about rejection in the last episode. That's not very nice. Yeah. But you don't want a customer being unhappy with your services. So treat them the same way, you know, if, if that relationship isn't right you know speak up early i think yeah absolutely and most of the time if you handle it professionally they'll respect you for it even if they don't like it and and that's the thing they might really resist the breakup i've had that before where i've been like hi i don't want to do this work anymore and they're like oh but oh i love working with you oh but blah 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 oh but oh but so sometimes they might really try and hang on but you know you have the right to end that relationship as long as you're not contractually obliged to them. So I think just, you know, if you keep handling professionally, even if they're upset that the relationship ends, they'll still respect that. I've got one client that I, you know, said to her, look, she was just wanting a lot more marketing support than I really felt I could offer um, and kind of marketing advice. But she loved working with me. But I just said, look, I'm, I'm, I was doing this because I like you, but I just feel really like this isn't something, this isn't my area of expertise. And I think I'm doing you a disservice. And she really wanted to keep working with me. I was like, I just don't think it would. I've suggested someone else for her to work with and she ended up working with them. But she still retweets me all the time and, you know, comments on my social media really nicely and everything. It's just, it's really lovely to then know that even though I don't have that working relationship anymore, she's still kind of championing me. So I think you can still have a nice outcome. Yeah, and yeah, we talked about things going wrong, but things don't have to go wrong. You can just say, look, circumstances have changed or I now need to change my business model or I'm going to change the way I'm working going forward and you don't have to justify that you know say your clients know you are a business and how many times have you dealt with a business who have changed their their business
business model or their brand or their pricing structure you know people have to make make changes so people will understand that so you don't need to manufacture a reason if the reason is that you want to pursue your business yeah. differently that's absolutely fine to do so and but i think it'd definitely be better off being honest about that yeah sometimes i keep a note if i get a really good i mean we're talking about not doing it over email but if you're kind of changing your direction and you've got multiple customers it might be the best way to communicate uh, i keep i try and keep examples of really good emails that communicate really well a change in direction or anything to kind of go back to for reference as well so yeah kind of notice when you were in you were on the other side notice what makes you feel good and then just try and apply that when you're breaking up with someone yeah i mean we've we've just um we've both changed bank account recently haven't we we have <laughs> we have and to be fair they communicated their thinking process as they were having it and they communicated, yeah. communicated it quite far down the line and also they articulated the reasons for the change in business model which as disappointing as it was for me did actually make perfect business sense so it's kind of hard to argue with that and gave us opportunities to benefit from it with deals for new bank accounts and like support transitioning and everything so yeah i think we we kind of had a grudging respect. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't just that makes Even it sound like we've a... got a joint account. We have separate bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, we just both happen to bank with the same provider. Yeah. Although now we've gone our separate we've ways. We've gone our separate ways, yeah. <laughs> we don't share our accounts anymore. Um, but yeah, we, we sort of, as, as, you know, as much as it added some, some level of faff to us, we'd still, I think, yeah, kind of appreciate why they've done it and it makes sense and like felt like we were we were handled well. Yeah, and, and that's it. And I, I would I would recommend the, the, the company to other people ultimately if, if it was right for them. Exactly. So we always like to end our episodes with our top takeaways. So Michelle, if you could just do one thing in relation to managing business breakups, what would it be? Um, Kate, you know, you know, with my role, I'm very hot on feedback. So when I say be honest, just give that feedback early. If you don't know how to do it, you can look up videos or blogs about how to give professional feedback. There's feedback models you can use. Um, so I would say, yeah, give that feedback early and you never know, uh, you might be able to resolve things before you get to the breakup stage. What about you, Katie? I think for me, it's the... I think a point you made actually was about empathy. I think put yourself in their shoes and even if they're being really troublesome, try and kind of look for what it might be like for them. Put yourself in their shoes and then just communicate and acknowledge what's happening in a kind of really like open and transparent way. But I think the empathy piece is just so often overlooked and so crucial to especially a difficult time and difficult conversations yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm not supposed to pick a second one but that does tie into our have a conversation not just a slack or email exchange it kind of fits into that yes. doesn't it yeah and which is exactly why that's so important yeah and also like one one advantage to having a phone conversation as opposed to like an email exchange is then they don't have your angry email in writing to use against you in the future so like it's in some ways you you may you may want the documented conversation after speaking to the other person in which case if you're having a phone conversation i would suggest following it up saying okay that's great this is what we discussed on the phone yeah. and just pop that in writing but in a very factual way this is what we agreed and then you've got that as your written confirmation um you know you can always put things saying like oh you know let me know if i've missed anything and then they've got that kind of right to reply but you've at least documented what your perspective is but yeah i agree definitely try and do it face-to-face -face by phone over zoom or whatever rather than by 
by text. No one wants to be dumped by text. No, absolutely. <laughs> so if you want to share any of your business breakup stories, good or bad, feel free to do that with us. We're on Twitter at 99problemscast. That's the number 99. Problems and then cast as in podcast. And if you have any ideas for any future problems you'd like to tackle, then do let us know. And we'll see you next time for another episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One.